Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. And with us today, we've got Bill Lutz of the Reclaimed Audio Podcast, and uh, we've, we've wrangled him in for our standard five questions. So, Bill, we're going to jump right into it. How did you get into woodworking? Um, I started listening to MWA. Yes. <laughs> we um, seriously, I, 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 from when I was a kid, it was, uh, I mean, little kid, uh, six years old, I made my fir- first woodworking project and um, just caught the bug then. I'm just, you know, excited to take things apart and see how they work and make things and I don't know. That's all. It's just uh, just uh, an interest in in all things mechanical and wood and metal and stuff. Um, do you have any training in in the skills that you currently use, or or was it just that discovery thing where you just wanted to know and figured it out as you went? Yeah, it was pretty much on the uh, on the fly type thing. Nothing official. The school of hard knocks, pal. Yeah, buddy. Or hard knots in the wood. <laughs> in wood. Well, that one's free. Uh, Mechanical so, aptitude. Which is a fantastic skill to have. Yes. Bill, what is your favorite tool? Oh, man. Um, I would say lately, it's got to be my table saw. Oh. Um, I upgraded... Uh, not too long ago to just a little bit of a hybrid table saw and uh, my, my miter saw now is lonely. I just don't, <laughs> you know, I, I do everything on the table saw now. It's a lot of fun. And so I would have to say for right now, that's my favorite tool. You you say that as though you don't expect it to be your favorite tool for long. What do you anticipate will be your favorite tool? It depends upon what I'm doing, honestly. Um, no, that's fair. The, the, Learning the lathe, I have a hunch that an upgraded lathe will become my favorite tool in the not too distant future. I've heard that about lathes; they suck you in and don't let you go. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, they're they're a cruel, cruel <laughs> mistress. <laughs> so, Bill, who has influenced you the most in your woodworking or making? We can kind of bend it that way for you. Wow, you know what? I'm I'm gonna take the easy way out and i'm going to say the maker community uh i've never experienced i'm i just turned 50 years old and i have never experienced you don't look a day over 47 oh you, you oh I, I already said i loved you you don't have to keep it up it's okay but but seriously guys i think this maker i've never experienced anything like it the the, the community itself um somebody's shop gets broken into and people are sending them tools and, and helping them out somebody's having a baby we're all saying name them bill somebody just whatever this community is amazing you need you need help you need knowledge you need anything and there's guys out there uh, as big as jimmy Duresta down to me that are willing to say hey if i can help you let me know what i can do and that's got to be it for me the community itself no that's great uh, that's the f- People have struggled to name individuals and often named multiple individuals, but I think I like that answer. Uh, no one's ever said the community, and I think that's that's very very true because even when you have one or two people who you know kick things off for you, 
how could you not be inspired to just keep going based in the community? Yeah, I mean, it's it really is just amazing. I mean, there's, you know, Mark Spagnolo has actually said online, "What's a loot? How can that not be you know inspiring?" Um, uh, yeah, it's just this entire community is beyond amazing. I never would have thought, even if you know, a couple of years ago, that I would be on a podcast. Well, I didn't know what a podcast was, but I didn't think I'd be on one with you guys. So, Fair well, I'm glad we could make your dream come true. <laughs> you're you're dream makers, guys. You really are. In uh, in your making and your woodworking, what has been your big biggest stumbling block, Bill? And if you, assuming you have overcome it, what did you learn that that helped you get through it? Oh, you know what? Um, <clears throat> this one's kind of easy for me. It's, uh, if it, if it makes sense, um, making multiples of something. When I was when I was building out the wife's salon, the, one of the first things I had to get done was their styling stations, and they needed uh, uh, the ability to have six stylists cutting hair. Mm-hmm. And so I designed three stations that were double sided. But figuring out how to make one, and now I've got to do that over again twice. That was that was intimidating. That was hard. That was um, trying to come up with how to do it in a way that it was repeatable in the amount of time that I had. And just so they kind of look alike, you know, you don't want to make something that's doesn't even look like each other. So doing things in multiple for mm-hmm. me, that was, that was really, really difficult to design it in a way that I could do it. I'm, I'm curious about that just for a second. I, I absolutely understand what you're talking about in terms of making things come out consistent um, across multiple pieces. But right. when, when I think of what you described in the last podcast about doing the interior of your wife's salon and dealing with the three distinct personalities of her and her partners. Um, I'm surprised to hear that their stations were, were multiples of the same thing and not distinct stations to suit the wants and desires of the respective stylist. Well, luckily there, there are, there are things that they absolutely had to have. Um, obviously the, the client has to be able to be comfortable. So, mm-hmm. Um, there was a foot rest. I mean, we, I sat down and talked with them and what they, what they wanted and needed. Somebody else had offered up a design that was ridiculous because they also had to be mobile and they had to be modular. Cause once I built them, I had to be able to take them apart to storm because I was building everything. So I had to, the, until the space was actually ready, they had construction done in the space as well. Um, you know, I had to wait until the lease was signed and then within a few days, get everything assembled and put together. Okay. So communicating with the girls, figuring out what they wanted. Um, the idea that came to me was that of a school desk. Uh, if you can think about, a, um, you know, where you, you know, like when you were a kid and you sat down at your desk in the flip top where you put your pencils in your books, mm-hmm. imagine that being, um, one facing the other. So it's two sided with a mirror dividing it. And that's literally what I thought of when that came up and just gone through, you know, again, the client went to be comfortable. I put a footrest for them and to set their purse on a little footrest. And I uh, had to have a charging station for the client's phones on one side. Plus the outlets had to be on a separate circuit for the blow dryer. I mean, it was just, it was, it was difficult. If it would have just been one, I think I, 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 I would have thought of it a lot faster, but having to, design something that was repeatable and that met the criteria of the, of the stylists themselves. Cause yeah. So dealing with those personalities was almost more difficult than the design itself, but it all worked out. And if any of you girls are listening, I love you. 
So uh, our final question, how has the Internet influenced your work? Oh, it's expanded my mind. I mean, um, things I never thought that I would try, I'm interested in. Um, leather work. You know, I've done, I've done a little bit of playing around with leather, um, but watching uh, Taylor Forrest, Jimmy's, Jimmy's girlfriend, some of the furniture she's designed in leather is kind of a throwback to some of the mid-modern century 50s stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, just expanding your mind, being able to see all these, I mean, uh, Google, Google something, Google leather chair and see what comes up. And there's a bazillion ideas that you can get just from that. So the internet, I would have to say, is, is just giving me the ability to think outside my box. And my box is big, boys. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say about you in the forums there, Bill. Yeah, it's kind of what I heard. Oh, that's excellent. Thank you for uh, coming along with us for our five questions. Uh, You guys, thank you so much. Seriously, this has been a lot of fun, and um, I admire you. And I really have listened to your podcast before you asked me to be on it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I will listen more often because I I get a better gist of what's going on now. You guys aren't as scary as you come across. (laughs) Oh, God. I hope not. You're gonna you're gonna ruin my New Yorker mystique. Come on. <laughs> See again, another word that I didn't think I'd hear. Is this... We try to elevate the conversation about woodworking. Let me tell you something. I'm gonna give you one bit of advice about getting older, boys, and that is you will put together words that you never thought you would pair. Kind of like wine and cheese, you know, pairing. Well, for me, the most recent one is unruly eyebrows. <laughs> Never would I have thought that I would say those two words together, and yet I now deal with this. Have you ever seen Christopher Lloyd? I think those are a pair of unruly eyebrows. Oh, what's his name too? Um, 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 and he's famous for uh, uh, the World News. Andy, Andy Rooney, Andy something. Mm, yeah, Andy yes, Rooney? yes, yeah. Andy Rooney, who, by the yeah. way, was a very accomplished woodworker. Really? Was yeah, he? I didn't know that. Absolutely. Um, one of the this they they just finished Fine Woodworking's 40th anniversary year, and one of the episodes had these retrospectives from um, from woodworkers, and there was a set, there was a piece on him, um, and just uh, just a neat woodworker, and one of the most unruly eyebrows you'll ever see. So uh, <laughs> it all comes back. Fantastic. That's awesome. Um, well, so, just to add one last thing to your trivia there, uh, Bob Dylan likes mm-hmm. to weld metal gates. Does he really? Yes. He's a maker mm-hmm. of all people, of <laughs> all things. And a music maker. Yes. What does he do with the gates? That seems like something you could only have so many of yourself. Well, I think the, uh, if I remember right, it's people would ask him to make them a gate so his rich friends, he would make a a gate. Okay. Look it up. Bob Dylan metal gates with a welder. Hmm. I will do that. I just, somebody told me that and I, I Googled it and there is stuff written about it, but I didn't get too much into it. <laughs> All right. So I don't think you can find um, anything about Bob Dylan's gates on your website, Bill. But before we go, where can people find about you on your website? Um, you just WilliamLutz.com and everything that's important to me is there. 
and all the amazing people that um, I share the interwebs with are there. So I might have to add uh, MWA to that that list. We'd be we would be honored. Oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, I'm Sean Wisniewski of the Corner Workshop and at Sean W78 on the social medias. And I am Diami Plotke of the penultimate Woodshop. I am at Diami Plotke on the Twitter where, uh, Bill, if you check in, you'll see my vantage point now staring at the end of my table glue up. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just get back out into your shop and make something and we'll talk to everybody soon. Excellent. Bye everybody.